Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three part spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And I'm trying so hard to do that today. It's chaos here today. There's lumberjacks outside my window, swinging from tree to tree with chainsaws at their hips. There's paramedics and first responders across the road. And if it just gets all too much for us, darling, I promise we'll re-record this for the download. But let's see how it goes. Darlings, a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. And I do thank you for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, your physical inventory determines your gender. If you are a male athlete, you cannot be a female contender. Why is this so difficult to understand? Could it be part of an agenda, dark and underhand? America has become a money laundering operation. Her noble heart needs a spiritual ablation. Shall we restore her to grace and glory before the globalists remove George Washington from the story? Almost amusing, but unsettling and confusing strange little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are not always successful, I'll admit to that, but we are on a bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the metaphysical martini show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's cosmic cocktail and see if I made a good choice. Hold on. Don't go away. I'm going to sip. Mmm. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh, that is a winner, not a sinner. I love that one. More about that towards the end of the show. Um, and I should regulate my intake on that. That's so good. I don't want to down it and then get kind of squiffy. To all my regular martini heads, it's lovely to be with you again. And if you are joining us for the first time, fair warning to you, my darlings, this show is politically incorrect because we do not wish to erode the intellect. Martini heads are spirit-centered, free-thinking patriots. We stand for common sense, common courtesy, and for common decency. We don't do woke. We know the agenda behind the poke. We won't wear a face cloak. And we know the current New World Order puppet administration is a joke. In fact, we would like it if anything supporting woke goes absolutely stone cold broke. What do we do? We adore our creator. 
and we adore our creator in the high places, in the low places, in the middle ground, and in the spaces in between the places. Duality is not for us. For martini heads, there is no place where the divine will not show its face. Our goal is to let the spirit inhabit the human, to co-create heaven on earth. And we do it at every available opportunity because, my darlings, this show is where top shelf distilled spirits meet the Holy Spirit, creating a divine union worthy of worship. What do we have for you on today's show? I have no idea. I'm going to make most of it up as we go along, but I think what we'll do is we'll ponder pertinent points and pontificate upon them. And we will probably share some silly poetry because I've been imbibing and writing quite a bit of late. We will, of course, answer your questions and share your comments. That's why we started this show. And we will probably visit a little bit of American history and civics. And then we get to my favorite part of the show, the cocktail of the day. But before we get on with all of that, allow me to take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. When you visit Mystical Wares, you will fill up your wagon with a multitude of metaphysical items, including a fire-breathing dragon. I kid you not, people. Their inventory is happening and it's hot. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. Do you need shungite? Oh my God, people. They have mountains of shungite. They have got all the shungite in shungite in Russia. There's no more shungite left in Russia. It's all at mysticalwares.com in Mount Vernon, Washington. Do you need a crystal for scrying? They will leave you smiling, not crying. Head on down to Mount Vernon town and see what all the fuss is about, because mysticalwares.com is the bomb, people. All right, today's show is loosely titled <laughs> A Cornucopia of Dystopia. Um, and a cornucopia of dystopia is exactly what we are in the middle of today. So what is that? Um, a work of fiction describing an imaginary place where life is extremely bad because of deprivation or oppression or terror. Ooh, does that ring a bell, ding ding? A state in which the condition of life is extremely bad as from deprivation or oppression of terror. Okay, we did that. And what's a cornucopia? Uh, the property of being extremely abundant. So a cornucopia of dystopia is we have an abundance of bullshit in this world today. Are we experiencing an abundance of coercion, deprivation, oppression and terror? Hello? Yes, we are. Of course we are. But you see, darlings, it didn't happen overnight. The cabal has been chipping away at our sovereignty for decades now. Well, much longer than that, obviously. But for the sake of sanity, I won't go back as far as the Sumerian Illuminati. I'll stick to JFK Sr.'s assassination to the present day, more or less, depending on how much of this cocktail I drink sooner than later. Now, how do I want to start the show? I think I'd like to start by responding collectively to the emails I have received 
with regard to my apparent stance on gender issues. Warning, warning, hot topic, trigger warning. <laughs> I'll start by saying this to all the people who wrote in um, with their venom and vitriol. If you bothered to listen to my comments in full, you wouldn't have to write these emails. Now, I realize I have no control over how others perceive and receive my words, but I should tell you that I put a great deal of thought into my words. I make every attempt to be clear, concise, and oftentimes I'm downright blunt, but that's just me, you see. I don't do fancy frills or pretense. I do my best to be the very best version of myself, and I have worked diligently over the years to learn grace <laughs> and patience and to refine the, shall we say, grittier parts of my persona and to be as articulate as possible. So I ask you, please, all those who have written to me about my <clears throat> where is it? Oh, yeah. Extreme right-wing homophobic fascist intolerance. Please look at those words and look them up in the dictionary because they don't apply to me. I am intolerant only of evil. I am intolerant of behavior exerting a malignant influence. I am intolerant of those who encourage morally objectionable behavior in those who are too young to have the maturity to know better. I am intolerant of those who seek to cause great harm to others. Am I getting this uh, straight for you people here? <laughs> Changing my glasses here. Now, with regard to gender issues, this is my stance in my own words. I have read multiple dissertations on gender issues, from scriptures to philosophies to psychologies to delusional freshman fantasy, which I wouldn't recommend to anyone. I believe your physical inventory dictates your gender. If you have the penis package, you are male. If you have the vagina package, you are female, and that's the end of my story on that. And yes, medical anomalies are possible, but they are anomalies, not normality. We choose our gender pre-incarnation on the other side, and we do so for a reason. And the reason is obvious. You incarnate as a male because you wish to experience life as a male. You incarnate as a female because you wish to experience life as a female. Okay, let's say you have had multiple lives as a male for whatever reason, mainly because it's easier to get shit done, right? Well, you will want to balance that out with a female life experience from time to time. It's not rocket science, and for the most part, it all goes well. If you have had multiple lives as a woman, you might want to balance that out with a life experience as a male. The logic is sound, and for the most part, it all goes well. And this explains to some extent why we have effeminate men and manly women 
most of whom we classify as gay, not all. You can be very literary as a man and be straight, and you can be rather butch as a woman and be straight, you know. Now, some feel, some people do feel that same-sex relationships are morally objectionable when we're talking about, you know, gay people, because you've accused me of being a homophobe, so I'm going to talk about it. If people think that gay relationships are morally objectionable, they have every right to think as they please, don't they? How they came to that conclusion is their affair, and why should it bother me? Because, darlings, I'm sure we've figured out by now, the only opinion that matters to me is my own. I very much believe that as long as it harms no one, one is free to live as one pleases. I think we've all figured out by now that my partner is female, so you can safely remove homophobe from your list. Does that make me a member of the gay community? No, it does not. My partner and I are members of the American community. We just happen to be gay. It has never been an issue for us, and therefore it has never been an issue for anyone else. It has not impacted life one way or another, and it rarely, if ever, comes up in conversation. Since no one has ever wanted to hire me for sex, and, you know, good job, by the way, because I'm crap at it. Why should it come up? My partner and I are not confused with regard to gender. We are both female. We both enjoy being female. And huzzah for us and no big deal. If you're not okay with it, that's fine. Who cares? We don't. Now, moving on. Why do I object to certain elements within the trans arena? such as perhaps uh, pediatric gender reassignment surgery. Well, the phrase pediatric gender reassignment surgery might be a clue. It boggles the mind, my darling, that we are still having to ask these questions. It amazes me that a parent would consider putting their child up for such a procedure. It is insanity, in my opinion, but this is exactly what the cabal wants, and I'll tell you why. It has always been the cabal's plan to blur the lines between moral and immoral, good and evil, decency and depravity. It has always been their plan because their rituals are rooted in the evil, immoral, indecent and the depraved. And make no mistake, the top cabalists which, by the way, has nothing to do with the Kabbalah, okay? The top Kabbalists are Luciferians. They worship Lucifer because he stopped co-creating with Source. He got into his mad scientist groove once he had enough genetic material to play with and decided to focus on creating his own life forms. More about that another time. Surely you have noticed the push to have children agree to many types of medical procedure without requiring parental consent. And this started a few years ago, and I remember it well, because parents started calling me up and telling me they were prevented from being present during their teenager's medical appointments. And the teenager coming out and telling the parents they were encouraged, strongly encouraged, bullied even, to take a certain vaccine or another. And at that time, that vaccine was called Gardasil. 
vaccinations without parental consent. Parents ridiculed for wanting to vet their children's school curriculum. Are we connecting dots? Disconnecting the child from the parent or guardian, breaking up the family union. Breaking the family unit. The establishment wants to go full Aldous Huxley on our children. They want to make all wounds infertile. And the boosters, by the way, are doing a great job of that. Make no mistake, my darlings, the final chapter is full on transhumanism, breeding new humanoids in maturation chambers and classifying them as alphas, betas, gammas, deltas, epsilons and epsilon semi-morons. They want everyone to be happy, happy, yes. And how are they going to do that? They want everyone on meds so they can be happy all day long. Meds that bypass our need to process our emotions, without which we cannot discern the true from the poo. It has always been their plan to destroy free will and implement full on enslavement. It has always been their plan to do it by corrupting the concept of liberalism. They promote tolerance as a virtue. But one cannot be tolerant of evil unless one is tricked into it, deceived or is just in poor mental health. They appear to promote an anything goes culture, you know, live and let live and all that. But that's just a trick to let your guard down. PC Political correctness was created to crush independent thinking and free speech, not to honor it, not to honor each other. Critical race theory was promoted to cause division, not to point out perceived inequality. If you can't see this, you might want to look again. Because why is it in the PC culture under this puppet administration of bought and paid for self-serving fools? Why is it that only conservative voices are censored? That doesn't fit in with an anything goes culture, does it? That's not tolerance. No, it's more along the lines of, ha ha, we fooled them, ha ha. And now let's keep fooling them until they stop falling for it, by which time we will have caused so much confusion and division. It will take years for them to sort it out and they will have given up and we win anyway, ha ha culture. That's what it is. Right, back to the gender thing. If a grown man decides he wants to dress up as a woman and call himself Dolores, is that a problem? Do I feel the need or do I have the right even to tell him he is delusional and needs help? On both counts, no. No, it's none of my business. Wear a dress, go for it. Will I think of him as a female also no, but it's his life, not mine. Will I invite him into my woman's group? Also no, because he is not a woman. But he has every right to live as one if he so chooses. Will I allow him, will I allow him to join me in a women-only restroom? Also no. Because those restrooms are for people with vaginas. We call those people women, not people with penises, whom we call men. And this is not exclusion. This is common sense. 
and let us not dismiss the safety issue. Does it mean I'm going to ignore him in the street and not give him a glass of water if he's dying of thirst or not give him medical aid or not give him any aid that he needs? Of course not. He's a fellow human being. Stay with me here. Now, should he compete against biological women in the sporting arena? Of course not. He is a biological male and that would give him an unfair advantage. Men are bigger and stronger than women. Why do people not realize that accepting men as women in these arenas, dear God, I can't believe I still have to point this out 10 times a day. Why do we not realize that accepting men as women is the ultimate boot of the patriarchy in the face of womankind? I can hear a voice in the background going, hey, girlies, hey, females, you want equality? Well, F you. We men will now become females and ruin your chances of victory in all sporting arenas. Oh, and of course, as women, women who have dongles and dangly bits, we can slip into your restrooms, whip out our danglies, and you can't complain, you see, because we are now women. And if we are arrested, we will be placed in women-only prisons where we can get up to all sorts of shenanigans with our danglies. How are you enjoying equality so far, girlies? Sheer insanity, isn't it? And anyone putting up with this depravity needs a mental health checkup. Why is this even up for debate? And by the way, for those who have chosen to listen to the end of my little rant, the depravity I speak of is not the man dressing as a woman. If you want to parade in public as a woman or a caricature of a woman, knock yourself out. Who am I to stop you? The depravity is from the so-called liberal globalists, whatever they're calling themselves these days, who have bullied women into accepting biological males as bona fide females, and they are not. Men do not belong in women's arenas. They don't belong in women's sports. They don't belong in women's restrooms. They don't belong in women's prisons. This is insane and insanity makes the establishment shout out in glee. Why does it make them shout out in glee, Ani? I will tell you. Because this has always been their plan. I know, I worked for the bad guys for years. To blur the lines, that's what they want, to blur the lines, to keep pulling at the threads of our sanity until the last moral fiber has been unraveled and disposed of. Think what you will. I am not the thought police, but it's not going to happen in my house. It's not going to happen in my tribe, and it's not going to happen on my watch. I really believe, and it harm none, do what you will. But if you parade yourself in front of any children under my care, wearing oversized fake genitalia, asking them to touch the fake oversized genitalia, you and I, sir, are going to have a problem. And if you are teaching any children under my care, and if those children are well below the age of consent, if you instruct them on anal sex, oral sex, mutual masturbation, you and I, sir, are going to have a problem. And should there be a confrontation, please do not expect me to treat you like a lady. 
You don't become a lady by putting on makeup and a dress. Perhaps instead of these child-friendly drag shows, by the way, there is no such thing as a child-friendly drag show, but perhaps instead of these drag shows in front of children, we should have geneticists and biologists entertain our children. I think it would be a lot better, don't you? So don't come at me with accusations of extreme right-wing homophobic fascist bullshit. You are supporting an ideology of depravity and deep, dark corruption designed to rot the human race from the inside out. And now that we have cleared that up, let's talk about these 15-minute cities. You know, we all warned you about Agenda 21, all the things that were going to happen in 2012, 2020, 2030. We asked you to read and then to read between the lines. And if you had done so, we might have nipped this in the bud and not lost millions of lives to complications from you know what, you know, the bioweapon posing as Francine. I'm just going to say one more thing about the gender thing. Okay, one more thing before I go on to the 15 minute cities. The people who are fluid in their gender and it harm none, do as you please. But please don't expect people to accept you as such. If you want to mess with your pronouns, go ahead. But I'm not going to refer to you as they, them, because you can't fiddle with grammar and language like that. They, them is plural. I certainly can accept that you genuinely believe you have no gender, but that's not the case, is it? Because a cursory examination of your genitalia will reveal either a penis or a vagina. And in my world, which you don't have to inhabit, your physical inventory dictates your gender. You are under no obligation to accept my point of view. And I am no obligation under no obligation to accept yours other than to be in acceptance of your point of view. I do not hate people who are trans. I do not hate people who are gender fluid. Hate requires a tremendous amount of effort. And that is not where I put my energy. But I am entitled to share my opinion, especially when I think it's, well, I don't even think, I know what the agenda behind it is. I know why it's being encouraged. And please God, we have a change of administration tomorrow, please. And we stop all this depravity and just get back on track somehow. Again, all part of a greater agenda to corrupt mankind and okay, we'll talk more about it in greater detail on another show. Back to Agenda 21, the point of a 15 minute city from the establishment's point of view is to enslave mankind in little city cages. Everything we need would be provided for us and all within a 15 minute walk or bicycle ride. The 15-minute city is an urban planning concept in which most daily necessities and services such as work, shopping, education, healthcare and leisure can be easily reached by a 15-minute walk or bike ride from any point in the city. All the little humans confined like rodents in a gilded cage. What could possibly go wrong? It just makes sense, doesn't it, from a town planning perspective? It's rubbish. All of it. It's not about making life easier for us. It's about making life easier for the establishment. 
they wish to restrict our movement. You know, the, those of us who are left alive, they wish to restrict our movement. It is easier to control us and to kill us if we are caged. And if we are caged and dependent only on what is allowed to be brought into our cages, heavily reliant on the convenience of being spoon fed, how easy would it be for the establishment to cut off all supply should the rats decide they want to be rebellious? These people, these bad people, these filthy little apologies for humans, they are marketing experts. They publish shiny, sparkly lies. And over many years, mankind has been carefully trained to trade critical thought for convenience. Peeps are jumping up and down and screaming, this happened overnight. Oh my God, Arnie, this happened. No, darlings. God, I need a drink. Hang on. Where's my drink? Oh, here it is. Mm. Mm. You know, that's not bad. I'm keeping that. Mm. It didn't happen overnight. We have talked about it in public for well over a decade now. People simply did not want to hear it. And now many of those people expect, nay demand, that someone come to save them from their lack of foresight, from their apathy and from their indifference. And that, my darlings, doesn't that smack a little bit of the ultimate in woke entitlement? Get up off your asses, admit you did no research, and were therefore deceived and make your displeasure known. You have power now. As people who were conned and then woke up, you have a lot more power than people like me who knew about it all the way along. And you are under no obligation to put up with New World Order. You are sovereign beings, creations of source, creator I am. And it's about bloody time some of you started to act like it. And don't you dare play the boo-hoo I'm a victim game. The time, my darlings, for hand-holding is over. Kick down the barriers of those 15-minute cities, and while you're at it, kick down the barriers that prevent spirit from piercing and illuminating your God-given hearts and minds. There's a little ditty I heard on PooTube video. I call them PooTube because they keep taking down my videos. There was some bloke from the UK with a guitar at one of these rallies, and he's singing, you know, you can stick your new world order up your ass. You can stick your new world order up your ass. You can stick your new world order. Uh, what is it saying? Oh, we are not lambs for the slaughter. You can stick your new world order up your ass. Singing, I, I, yippee, we are free. We are free. Nobody's going to stick that needle into me. Your agenda is rejected. You will not be re-elected. You can stick your new world order up your ass. Everybody go up and sing their own version of that song at your county halls, at your town halls, and anybody who's trying to make you a rodent in a cage. And while we're connecting dots, hitherto believed not to exist, why not do some research on Operation Mockingbird and see how far back media manipulation really goes? What about Operation Paperclip? a secret United States intelligence program in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from the former Nazi Germany to the U.S. for government employment after the end of World War II in Europe. Sure, between 45, 1945, and between that and 59, they were still yanking them out through 59. Because, you see, darlings, your eyes will be opened and your jaws will drop. 
How about Operation Bluebeam? Preparing the way for a new age religion, for some sort of antichrist and fake aliens. But wait, people wait, there's more. What about the Montauk Project? Have fun messing with timelines. What about the Jesuits and their little black pope? What are they up to? What about Tavistock? The Tavistock Institute for Human Relations, shaping the moral, spiritual, cultural, political, and economic decline of the United States. You should all dig a little, because once you start going down the rabbit hole, you will want to buy a bigger, stronger shovel. And then when you're done with that, you're going to go down and rent one of those little tiny cranes. I think they're called cats. And you are going to shovel, shovel, shovel until you get to the bottom of things. And I hope you do shovel because you're afraid of the truth. You know, so many people are afraid of the truth. Stop being afraid. We are sovereign beings created by a God in the divine soul forge of our universe. Stop acquiescing, sweethearts, and begin assessing. Well, let me have a sip of my drink. Mm. I guess I'm done pontificating for this show anyway. Let's move on to quack questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the choice morsels of madness percolating in the corridors of your minds with martini heads all, of, all across the world, Send your emails to me, Oni at OniAbadistian.com or via snail mail to Cosmic Oni P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 97070, United States of America the Beautiful. And please don't forget to let me know if and how you wish to be identified or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. Let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shaky, 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 shaky. All right. Our first missive is from Jenny in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who asks, Arnie, are you enjoying your new instant pot? I have linked a few recipes for you and a couple of book recommendations. How on earth did you know I bought an instant pot? Did I mention it on a podcast or during an interview on someone else's podcast? Should I be concerned? Seriously, Jenny, tell me, please, how you found out about my um, instant pot. I'm intrigued. But since you asked, I love it. I bought it when my ancient pressure cooker finally gave up the ghost. And I thought to myself, self, this is so much more than a pressure cooker. And I do love one pot cooking because I don't like to make in a you know, a big mess in the kitchen just to get a bit of food. It's a useful addition. And unless I need something broiled or roasted, looks like this instant pot is now my main squeeze. Oh, yes, darling, we are going to be very happy together for many years to come. But I still want to know how you know I have an instant pot. Thank you. What else is in the fishbowl? I'll be using the instant pot for um, the St. Patrick's Day dinner. I promised I would make my people beef and Brussels sprouts and all sorts of things. And it's wonderful. You just throw it all in the pot and it cooks itself. Oh, beautiful. What else? What else? What else? All right. Let's have a little shake in here. Ah, yes. Oh, this is a good one. There. Oh, let me have a sip of my drink for this. Hang on. Hang on. Heavy, heavy stuff ahead, people. Fair warning. Mm. Mm. So. This is from Tabby Cat of No Fixed Address, who asks, I am fascinated by eugenics. I don't think it's all bad. Do you think it's moral? 
Is there a place for it in the evolution of mankind? My brother was born with Down syndrome. We love him dearly, but it has torn our family apart. My parents divorced two years after he was born. My father pretty much drinks himself to sleep. And my mother takes a Valium every day at 5 p.m., washed down with a small glass of wine. If we could take Downs out of the human gene pool, wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Wouldn't that be of service to mankind? Eugenics, um, good question and thank you. Eugenics is the study or practice of attempting to improve the human gene pool by encouraging the reproduction of people considered to have desirable traits and discouraging and preventing the reproduction of people considered to have undesirable traits. Um, also the, the science of improving stock, whether it's human or animal. Tabby Cat, I'm truly sorry to hear that substance abuse is your parents' chosen way of dealing with this heartache. Um, as many of us have found out, it is not a long-term solution. I'm no doctor, but Valium and Wine paves the road to some dark places and perhaps some gentle family counselling is needed here before it damages your mother's physical body. Now, let's address this. this is a very serious question, a very good question. Who gets to decide which traits are desirable and which are not? That's the issue. Who gets to decide whether or not it is moral or immoral? to mess with the gene pool. We could debate this. Actually, this is an excellent subject for debate because, oh boy, it's very difficult to, for some people to keep cool, calm and objective during this. But I could argue that as eternal beings having multiple incarnations, we are aware of the gene pool of the bloodlines we choose to incarnate into. And we choose these lives carefully with a view to over coming the challenges and having overcome them, we essentially put those markers on mute. The potential is still there, whatever the challenge or condition, but once our spirit has overcome the programming of the ego, then the full glory of the divine cosmic intelligence is available to us, giving us options we never thought existed, let alone possible. And that would eliminate the need for gene editing. Well, you know, that's the plan. It would be a good idea to study multiple and varying viewpoints on eugenics. The first thing people's minds go to is, um, is the attempt to create a super race, isn't it? And of course, you know, we think of the Nazi Germany and of Hitler. We are in dangerous territory if we think that our race is vastly superior to all others. And we are in dangerous territory, I believe, if we attempt to sterilize that race from all outside influences for the sole purpose of creating the super race. Do you remember a chap called Himmler, anyone? Yeah, he was obsessed with experiments to breed pure white chickens because um, he ran a poultry farm before World War II. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Um, but he was intent on doing the same thing with humans after he rose to the very top of the Nazi hierarchy. We've all heard of the Liebensborn, you know, Himmler's breeding program to safeguard the future of a 
the thousand year Reich, as he called it, by providing pure future generations to replace those lost by war. They actually stole children, blonde Aryan children, and put them into special breeding clinics and treated them very well, by the way. It sounds far-fetched, but it happened. It was witnessed and documented. And one of the ladies in uh, ABBA, that band, whose tunes we just can't seem to get out of our heads, um, it is believed that she was actually one of the Liebensborn. We know for a fact that uh, SS officers in Scandinavia were instructed to mate with the local population, even if they were already married. Why would they? Well, Scandinavia, it's a bit of a hub for the blonde and blue-eyed people, isn't it? Um, and that's the same regime, the SS, the Reich. They put all the undesirables into camps. And it wasn't just Jews, but homosexuals those with physical disabilities, those with mental disabilities, gypsies, black-skinned people, and of course, dissenters. So, okay, now we know there is potential for evil in eugenics, but let's ask ourselves this question as per Mr. Tabby Cat. How would it benefit mankind's expansion of consciousness and evolution if we edit out, if we edited out all the conditions such as downs? cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, motor neuron disease, or Lou Gehrig as it's called in the USA, certain types of cancer, the list is endless. And we might say, <clears throat> wow, Arnie, that's great. And indeed, it does sound great. So from the perspective of the incarnating soul, I suppose it wouldn't have to worry about any of these conditions. But you see, the incarnating soul is never worried about anything. It is focused on having an experience. And if that experience is challenging, it is focused on overcoming it, overwriting the perceived defect or program corruption by affirming the divine cosmic blueprints and templates of perfection. It all goes back to this, I think. We need to learn, affirm, embrace, and celebrate our true divine cosmic nature. Through this, we can identify and overwrite the false ego program and get on with the joyous task of refining our personalities. And as the spirit inhabits the human, bye-bye suffering. The playground we call the universe, we created it from no thing. That is a laudable triumph of great difficulty. If we made this, and we did, we can update it. We can improve it. But how we do that is by improving ourselves in alignment with all that is. Thank you, Tabby Cat, for your email. If you need help talking to your parents, please just drop me a line. We can chat at no charge, no biggie. And for everybody out there who is new to eugenics, there is a lot of material out there uh, and a lot of opinions, a great many opinions. I'm going to recommend a couple of books to get you started because the word itself, it makes people queasy. But we have to overcome that. And we have to learn to review materials in a calm and objective manner. Eugenics. Think is a Greek root. It means good in birth, good in stock. So my old pal, G.K. Chesterton, 
wrote a series of essays on eugenics. He was not for it at a time where people were for it. It's called Eugenics and Other Evils by G.K. Chesterton. Um, I happen to like Chesterton's writing style. And the other one, a lot more objective, it's called In the Name of Eugenics by Daniel Kevels, K-E-V-L-E-S. I'm going to say hands down, it's one of the best books on eugenics I have read thus far. And I have read many, many books on eugenics. All right. Um, thank you, Tabby Cat, for, uh, you know, for that. I think we should leave it there for quack for this show. Um, many thanks to everybody who wrote in. And now perhaps let's lighten the mood a little bit. First off, if you have a drink in your hand, take a little sip, because I know I'm going to. <clears throat> mm. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm liking that. Okay. So it's time for a little tiny pat of poetry. Where's my kazoo? Hold on. Yes, folks. After a hard day's shamaning, and it has never been harder than it is today, I like nothing better than coming home, putting my feet up, having a nice cup of tea or a small drinky-poo, and writing really bad, but occasionally brilliant, non-peer-reviewed poetry. Here's a little something I wrote as I got off track during a sacred writing exercise. I was reviewing Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, the best known psalm in all Christendom. Um, this is not my version of Psalm 23. These are my musings after having studied it for an hour or so in a state of prayerful contemplation. And I should warn you, it's not one of my lighter, sillier poems. I do have, if not dark moments, slightly gray moments. Uh, let me read the original version. Well, hardly the original. Let me read a reasonable facsimile translation from the King James Version, not my favorite Bible, but certainly the best known. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff, they do comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I contemplated that for an hour, and I came up with a poem on it called I Know Go Baba. The Lord is my shepherd but I am no lamb. You mess with me and your head will go bam. Those pastures green that Bill Gates has bought up in order to starve us, well, that's truly effed up. Mankind has stepped away from the paths of righteousness, confusing evil with tolerance and virtue with spinelessness. We embraced the shadow of death and built our future in its valley. We drank the devil's brew with no thought for the final tally. The table prepared before us 
is laden with poison and deceit. They disguised it with tasty morsels. We approach and they pull away the seat. No mercy, no goodness, no charity, no cups overflowing with kindness. Look around and note the disparity. Was it fear or apathy that caused the blindness? I shall take it upon myself, come what may, to expose the corruption. The truth needs no defence, but to reveal it requires fortitude and gumption. When the evil has been captured and the execution rifles pointed, when the dark cabal is well and truly fractured, only then will I consent to be anointed. When the people admit to their error, then mercy and goodness shall follow. When we see an end to the terror, only then shall we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My darlings, I urge you all not to be silent in the face of tyranny. Your humanity is just a template temporarily housing an unlimited, eternal, magnificent soul of unimaginable power. I urge you all to stop blocking out all the things you feel will hurt you. Hurt is of the ego. Your ego is not your personality. It is a program designed to corrupt the divine connection. Nothing can hurt you. No one can hurt you if you live life from a spirit-centered perspective. Spirit is eternal. The ego is bound to a timeline, a temporality and an illusion. Stop feeding it. Reject the big spoon of convenience that the almighty state sticks in our faces every day. We don't want their food. We don't want to eat or drink or listen to their filth. We don't want to hear their propaganda. Above all, at this time of the great expose of corruption leading to the Great Awakening, stop voting in and supporting these bought and paid for low-life ego-driven apology for humanity politicians. The power is in three words. We the People, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of those ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. When the British refused to be held accountable for their actions, because they were petitioned by the colonists, when the British refused to be held accountable, the colonists complained. What did the British do? They told the colonists to go eat poo. And what did the colonists do? They overthrew the British and replaced them with a new American government. And if you study American history, you will agree that they accomplished much in a very short space of time. The British denied colonists their sovereignty. 
the colonists told the British that sovereignty comes from God, not from King George. If we read the Declaration of Independence, we will have all the answers needed to see why a new government was needed. It is a statement of how things ought to be run in the service of the people. You could say it is an owner's manual for a new fledgling government. I will quote a passage from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson on May the 8th, 1825, to uh, somebody who uh, was a fan of his, um, Henry Lee, uh, Mr. Henry Lee. Jefferson writes as follows. When forced, therefore, to resort to arms for redress, an appeal to the tribunal of the world was deemed proper for our justification. This was the object of the Declaration of Independence, not to find out new principles or new arguments never before thought of, not merely to say things which had never been said before, but to place before mankind the common sense of the subject in terms so plain and firm as to command their assent and to justify ourselves in the independent stand we are compelled to take. In other words, Americans took great care to explain to the rest of the world why they did what they did. Liberty and freedom are universally understood principles. And the concept of natural human rights was not something created by the founding fathers. No, no person, no organization, no collective can grant these rights. They are God given. And if anyone tries to take them away by force, which is what is happening all over the world now, it is our God-given right to stop them by any means necessary. Darlings, Cosmic Conversations via Zoom will be back in April. Uh, check my website for details. We will discuss Hildegard of Bingen and Julian of Norwich. And the presentation for that one is titled Rocking the House with Hildy Van B and Anchorite J. And on May the 27th, the Cosmo, Cosmic Cosmo, Cosmic Convo, Cosmic Conversation. We will discuss Ayn Rand and her contribution to spreading common sense. Um, Ayn Rand, she said, I'm often asked whether I am primarily a novelist or a philosopher. The answer is both. In a certain sense, every novelist is a philosopher because one cannot present a picture of human existence without a philosophical framework. In order to define, explain and present my concept of man, I had to become a philosopher in the specific meaning of the term. I will not deny I am a huge Ayn Rand fan. All right, darlings, if you are going to be in Roseburg, Oregon, uh, March the 19th, which is a Sunday at 11 a.m., and you would like to hear my presentation on deep state demons and where the heck we are going with all of this, show up at the Holistic Earth Bookshop on Winchester in Roseburg at 11 a.m., with $25 little dollars in your hand, and you can hear me pontificate and do my thing for three hours. And if you are a member of the Oregon Connecting Consciousness Group, on March the 23rd, which is a Thursday at 6.30 p.m. in the evening, I will be doing a 90-minute Zoom presentation for them on things that go bump in the night, and that will be lots of 
fun. Now, my darlings, are we coming close to the end of the show? I think we are coming close to the end of the show. I just want to thank everyone again for listening and for writing in because we started it off just for quack questions, answers and comments. Um, and with your recommendations and with your support, it has become so much more. Um, and I really didn't think I'd be able to fill up an hour back three years ago when we started this. But now I, I almost wish I could do a different show every week. There's so much to talk about. Now, I'm going to take my final sip of my drinky poo. Hold on there. Mm. Oh. I am so sorry to finish this drink because I have set myself a one drink minimum. I would love several more, but it's not going to happen, people, because I am a responsible adult. And I can now say, my darlings, I think it's it for the show. I have finished my drink and that always means the end. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording because I always have a blast. Why wouldn't I? I connect with martini heads all over the world. How beautiful is that? Today's real life cocktail was a classic from Mr. Boston's deluxe official bartender's guide, which belonged to my late uh, father-in-law, Art Nussbaum. <laughs> it's called the Harlem cocktail, and here's how you make it. Three quarter ounce pineapple juice, one and a half ounces of good dry gin, half a teaspoon, half a teaspoon only of maraschino liqueur, not the stuff from the cherries, it's an actual liqueur. And you want to get yourself two small cubes of pineapple. Shake all of that well over cracked ice and you strain it into a chilled glass. And it's very nice indeed. I have to say, I really do enjoy the classics. If you have a, um, a library secondhand bookstore, for some reason, um, people give away all of their cookbooks and all of their, uh, you know, their beverage um, guides, all of these bartenders guides. You can find tons of stuff like that in your library's secondhand bookstore. And the classic old cocktails, they're lovely. These days, people sell you a can of an already mixed cocktail. On this show, friends don't let friends drink pre-mixed cocktails. Now remember folks, cocktails are great. That one certainly was, if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously as I do, one drink is all you need. I am Oni, mad as the day is long Abedician. This was a Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, remember you can bring more joy and laughter into your lives by avoiding Russian literature and avoiding Scandinavian philosophers. And at every opportunity, darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Abdesian, The Mad Shaman. Production of CosmicReality.com.